We're talking rugby on the program now. We're going to the head of the Players Association, Robert Nicholas. We look at this curious tale uh, from uh, Augustine Pishop, from what we can tell anyway, out of Midi Olympique. Uh, this new concept of uh, the international tour season dramatically changed and uh, looking forward to 2020 to start this. I suppose, first up, Rob, what do we know about this concept? Uh, how, how, how reliable is this? Yeah, look, um, Gus is an interesting character. He's, he's quite delightful in that respect. He's, he's got lots of ideas. He likes pushing the envelope. and He likes challenging status quo, which is a real quality to, to have in the mix at World Rugby, in my view. Um, but I think, you know, you mentioned Darcy. It's a concept, and it's concepts that have been talked about for a long period of time. I guess what he's saying is that he thinks it's worthy of another conversation, given that a lot of broadcast contracts are coming up at the end of 2020 and that we've managed to shift the June test matches to July, thereby effectively creating a, an international season for the Southern Hemisphere. And now what Gus is saying is, hey, listen, now that we've kind of got the season structure semi-sorted, or certainly at an international level sorted, uh, what are we doing within that structure? Like, you know, how meaningful are the games, and can we do something better? Um, I think that's the way I read it. So at the moment as it stands, they're looking at what the top 12 teams in the world playing on an annual basis, Northern Hemisphere, Southern Hemisphere, back and forth, uh, what, three, four pools of three, and then a semi and a final. If it's structured like that, do, do you have an, an issue with the way that, is, that has worked? Is that going to be ideal for, um, I suppose, as far as for, for player burnout, it's probably quite good for you blokes because they're not playing as much. But would, would it sit in its current form, do you think, with you blokes? Look, I just, I just think it's, it's way too premature to even go into that kind of level of detail. I think you know, what um, Gus has probably done is put out that idea to get the debate and get some tension and some urgency around this because all the world rugby and, and um, international rugby players, people, etc., they're all, all getting together this week, I think, over in Sydney and over the next few months as they lead into the key November meetings. And I think, you know, he, he wants to see some conversations in this space. So, so they've obviously talked about some ideas. That's one of them. I can remember years ago that was one that was on the table when we had a, a working group back in Woking in about 2007, I think it was. 2000, yeah, late 2007. Uh, another one was a tennis ladder. We had the South versus the North, six teams in the North, six teams in the South, and you kind of played almost like a tennis tournament. You know, there were lots of different ideas, but principally what was underlining it was in June, we, we, or July now, moving forward, we kind of have tours. In November, we just have games, and they're one-off games, and the you know, question mark in what context are we playing and what are we playing for. We have a Rugby World Cup, which is very, very popular and, and, and it's grown year on, or tournament on tournament, but that happens every four years. We have a Lions tour, which is seen as really valuable and interesting, um, but are we maximising those other slots? And I, I think that's really what underpins I think where Gus is coming from is to say we've got 10 tier 1 unions, we've got a group of tier 2, we've got a group of tier 3 they probably will acknowledge they're not doing enough for tier 2 and tier 3 in terms of certainty of fixtures and allowing them to be part of something that is commercially attractive, they're almost all of the tournaments they play in are, are kind of paid for if you like um, and so I think you know, that's kind of where he's, where he's kind of looking to come from is to, is to get the conversation going about if we've got this international window, how do we make it as meaningful as possible? 
What would you look for from a player's point of view as to what the, what shape something like this would take? I mean, plainly, um, income drivers is one thing, the amount of tests you guys are playing, the quality of them. Uh, are there any non-negotiables from your point of view about how a new season would look when it actually is structured? Yeah, well, look, I, I think it goes without saying that it's not really logical to ask the teams to play more test matches that are Tier 1 level. Okay, So that's probably... Um, and, and it's not possible anyway, there's just not going to be enough weeks within the structure and the, and the number of weeks they have. So it's not about more rugby, it's for certain. Um, if it could be less, I think most players at that Tier 1 level would be really open to playing a couple of test matches less a year. But what they really like, and is what most athletes will tell you, whether it's rugby or any other sport, is they love the big stage. They love meaningful competitions where the stakes are high, the pressure's on, and all that planning and preparation and hard work that they've done on their skills and attributes and strategies and all that sort of stuff, they're under pressure and, and they are, that's where they want to be and they want the opportunity to display that they've got the goods to, to be the best or, or to compete at that level. And, you know, so Rugby World Cup provides that opportunity in a knockout format effectively after you've done your round-robin phase. What a tournament along the line of what Gus is talking about, would that provide a slightly different context? at a really meaningful level to demonstrate those kind of skills, probably. Rugby Championship gives you that opportunity. Alliance Tour gives you that opportunity. So that, that's what players are looking for. The Sevens World Series, every tournament carries a lot of meaning. One, you can win the tournament. And two, you count towards the series. And so every Sevens World Series tournament is very meaningful for the players because there's a, there's a platform, there's an opportunity to demonstrate and perform under pressure and an opportunity to win. And that's what they really thrive on. And so... I think because international 15s test rugby evolved out of the amateur era, it's been encumbered, if you like, by a whole lot of old previous models where teams from the north tour south in June and as a result we pay for their landed costs but Southern Hemisphere keeps the revenue. Then in November we reciprocate by going up there and playing them. You know, that, that, was a, that was a model from a long, long time ago. It's been in place because of a whole lot of commercial factors and difficulties in changing it. And what Gus is saying is, hey, can we evolve something that carries more meaning, more angst, uh, things that capture the players? But, you know, in my learning way, what captures the players captures the public as well. And that, that's really what they'll also be thinking. I suppose it's the danger of watering down the import of something like the World Cup. If you have the top 12 nations competing in something else on, a, on an annual basis, you said it's, it's still loose detail, so you don't want to talk too much about it, but you've got to keep that in mind, don't you? Uh, you don't want it like the World Cup come around once a year. You still have to keep a tournament like that in a very special place, so it does attract the attention of the world. Yeah, that's 100%. And I can, I can actually remember back at Woking, that was the argument against them introducing some sort of a World Series kind of concept uh, where the top 10 effectively end up playing each other each year uh, each year, and you, you play that every two years or something. Now that, that was one of the things they said is we don't want to do a, just an, another thing that's kind of similar to a World Cup and so um, you know I think that, that'll be one of the challenges is it's got to be something that's different but equally interesting. You know Rugby World Cup it is it is entrenched now in, a, in our framework. It, it carries huge uh, kudos and credibility. A lot of countries, a lot of um, investment is based around that four-year model and building towards the Rugby World Cup. Uh, but it, it is hardcore knockout tournament. It's performed on that day during that 80 minutes. And if you haven't got your game come quarter-final time, you're on the plane home. And so it's brutal like that. And so, you know, the counter-argument from our perspective is we believe there's a series-type model opportunity there where you're 
literally uh, working out over the course of a year based on results playing other teams at, at, that, at that top level, which is the best performing team. And, and everyone does it every year, don't they? You know, like at the end of the year we look and say, right, who are the best international teams this year? Um, okay, the, England had a really good year, you know, a, a period of time where they weren't beaten, but they didn't get the chance to play the All Blacks and vice versa. And it's kind of like, oh, rats, we would have loved to have seen those two teams have to play each other because then we would have known, you know, amongst ourselves who was the best team that year. And so I think it's about something that's different but equally brings about the same um, opportunity that players and fans are looking for, which is, you know, that uh, you've got to bring your A game um, to every game and perform under pressure. And I suppose you've got the age-old problem of balance, haven't you, Rob Nickel? when you've got um, the, the income, the revenue, which uh, New Zealand rugby so desperate needs versus the needs of the players. They don't want to be playing too much. So how you get that, how you strike that balance, I suppose that's up to your guys, but that's a, also extremely important one, I'd suggest. Yeah, it is. And the conversations around that, particularly because um, I think from the Southern Hemisphere perspective, if we're over to bring all the parties together to create something of a global scale, the chances are the revenue flow will exceed what the South would earn during their June, hosting their June or July test matches. Um, but the big challenge is whatever gets developed has got to exceed arguably what the Northern Hemisphere countries get commercially in November. And that's a pretty big ask because they do quite well out of the November tours uh, when we go up there and play. So despite everything we've said, Darth, at the end of the day, um, the crowds and, and the followers up north love to see the Southern Hemisphere teams come up and tour in November and they fill their stadiums. Um, but I wonder whether, you know, uh, Gus and, and, and the other people around the table have had enough conversations now to wonder whether that's, that's something they can continue to take for granted. And maybe they feel that it's time to bring something that has a bit more of an edge. And, um, and only, only when you get a willingness from all the parties to say, OK, well, what else is possible what could potentially work that would really take it to a new level? If we package that up, let's go and test it commercially. And that test is pretty much what you said, which is no one's going to do it if it's not going to bring in more money, basically. Uh, so everyone involved is going to have to say, we're better off because we're looking to play that. So it's got to align up commercially and it's going to have to align up from an integrity um, attractiveness perspective from a player and, and fan perspective. So. Um, yeah, there's a few boxes to tick, but for what it's worth, I think you know I think it's a good conversation to be having, and, and as governors of the game, it's a responsible one, and it's one that, from a player's perspective, we want them to have. We want them to constantly challenge what they're doing and say, can we do this better? And, and in this particular area, for what it's worth, we think they can do it better. We, we said that a long, long time ago. <laughs> we knew the first step was to try and you know, change that international um, you know, calendar, and we managed to have done that by shifting that June to July. We've opened up the opportunity for this kind of conversation. And um, and now that this conversation's happening, we, we want them to you know to dive a little bit deeper than they have in the past and see if they can come up with something that's, that's really compelling. Awesome. Rob Nickel, thank you very much for your time and also the interjections from time to time from your navigational unit. It's been a real pleasure. Talk again soon. Thanks, Rob. Thanks, mate. Take care. Ciao.